Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Uh, welcome back. Um, we we tried this little experiment with bite-sized podcasts and seemed to work very well. Uh, the reception was very good from people, so uh, we're back to do a few more. Uh, Jonas Rosalind back with us. How you doing, Jonas? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So uh, in this one, we're going to talk about uh, a topic that comes up quite a bit and sometimes confuses people. Um, we're going to talk about stateful versus stateless apps. Um, what's a what's a good place to start with this conversation? Because sometimes this gets looked at as old apps versus new apps or all sorts of different things. But what's the, where's the, the best place to start with this conversation? So I think a, a good definition of a stateless application means that a stateless application usually have no memory of the past. So anything that you throw at it, every transaction that you throw at it is being performed as it were being done for the first time, essentially. So it doesn't know what has happened before. Uh, well, a stateful app has memory of the past. So it knows what has happened before. So a, a good example of this is uh, a standard web server, for instance. A standard web server, if you just have a static HTML site, that HTML site have no idea if you have been there before or not. But um, uh, quite, a, quite a lot of years ago, um, they introduced a, a function called sessions. So you could actually log into sites and you could have a session online um, so you could have kind of you could kind of know that a person had been there before. You had a memory of what happened. All of a sudden, you had a stateful application st in, instead of being just a stateless web uh, server. Okay, uh, what's a what's an app? What's an example that people might know today of an app they interact with or a part of an app they interact with that would be stateless? So uh, stateless um, stateless applications are still. Uh, being used quite often uh, where you don't really uh, have a session or anything like that. Uh, when you're not logged in, it doesn't really know that you have been there before. So pretty much any web application where you don't log in, where you just kind of read the news or, or watch videos that, uh, where you don't have any memory of what has been done before, they could be stateless. Okay. All right. So, um, so a sense of... Uh, if the application has to keep track of your previous interactions, um, those interactions might, uh, you know, uh, bias what you see going forward. More stateful, you just kind of interacting with it, and anything could happen. Your client could go away, whatever. More stateless. Yeah. Okay. So, so looking at stateful, uh, stateful. Um, when you look at stateful applications, uh, a good example is um, uh, like an Amazon. Uh, you log in, you put things into your uh, your shopping basket. Then you log off for for a few hours or a few a few days, and then you come back and log in, and those things are still in your shopping basket. So that's a that's a good example of a stateful application. Okay, okay, makes sense. Everybody's everybody's done that before, and um, cool. Whereas like stateless might be, I'm on the ESPN site or the CNN site or something, and I'm just looking at clicking around on things, and it could care less whether I've whether I've been there or not in the past. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about when somebody is building that application. What is what does that typically mean in terms of the, the elements and the components of it in terms of, you know, 
servers that are hosting a piece of that application versus, you know, like microservices or something along those lines. So when you when you want to build a, an application, usually you can start with a stateless version of it where you don't store state at all. So um, looking at a web server application or, or a web app, uh, it can be totally stateless and you can uh, scale it out to uh, tens or hundreds of servers. It can still be stateless. Uh, you can have a big um, load balanced web server cluster with a uh, with a bunch of apps that don't uh, that don't have any state on them, but they would still be able to serve up information like news and stuff like that. Okay. But if you want to make them stateful, you need to store that state somewhere. So um, back in the day, when you created web server clusters, uh, you usually uh, created uh, and you wanted them to be stateful. You stored uh, storing state in sessions. These sessions were uh, usually stored on each server. Uh, that's how it started. Uh, so if you were on one server and doing something, you were logged in there, and then all of a sudden that server went away, that session also went away. So when you connected again, you wouldn't have a session online on the other server, which meant that your, your stateful application was kind of split-brained, which wasn't good. So people thought up, uh, thought up how you could actually share state between servers, uh, and that's kind of when you um, uh, when you realize that we could actually grow this even bigger. Gotcha, gotcha. And this is we're not talking about storing. We, we use the word storing. We're not talking about storing storing it in some like big monolithic storage system like a like a piece of data. This is really like in memory information that's then maybe uh, sort of shared with other servers that are doing the same function. Correct. Yes, exactly. So um, sessions are usually stored in memory. You have a bunch of different uh, services out there, a bunch of different applications out there that store sessions for other applications. So usually you have an application and you want to it's stateful. You can utilize these stateful mechanisms uh, where you can store um, store stateful information in a in a smart manner. So instead of storing state on your web servers nowadays, you might store them somewhere else, and the web server just asks, or the web app just asks for the state from somewhere else. Okay, and would that somewhere else be potentially like a queuing service, or you know, what's the what's the new mechanism where a, a physical server or a virtual machine or a container died, it comes back up because it's it's going to serve that role. Where does it go and and get the the latest sort of uh, point of record, or you know? definition of what the state is of what's going on with that information so a few of those servers so, so um, it all depends on how you build your application of sure. course but uh, some states are stored in databases uh, some state are stored in key value stores some states are stored in caching systems like memcached um, uh, so it all depends on where you want to store it and how you want to build out your applications okay okay and when we talk about storing them in a database is that a relational database, sort of a non-relational or NoSQL type of database, is there, you know, more prevalence towards one type of database for storing that than than another? So that that's the beauty of it. Um, it started out being um, usually stored in relational databases, but of course uh, now that the NoSQL databases have gotten more and more traction, of course people are moving more and more into those as well. So it might be that you want to um, keep the state for a specific amount of time as well. And after that, you want to delete it. Um, 
you might be that uh, you want to be uh, you want to enable people to put stuff in the shopping basket but if they haven't logged in for a week clear that shopping basket because they will probably never come back anyway so you want to be able to delete that while still uh, maintaining your your efficiency and speed of your database as well so that's usually when you look at other other solutions like a NoSQL database. Okay, and and the other thing is, you know, so we start to talk about state. Um, you know, state is, in essence, sort of a, a data source or a data structure, but it's not something that you think about in the same sense of kind of t traditional data. Um, you know, the the result of a transaction or something that you're typically gonna gonna keep, like you said, long term, or you're gonna back up or archive. It's really it's got a fixed amount of time. It's it's more around an interaction that somebody has, but it's not something that you're gonna gonna want to keep historically, is it? Yeah. So um, sometimes you want to keep this information historically as well. Uh, this is uh, I think this is mostly prevalent on shopping sites mm -hmm. where they want to be able to kind of mine the data of what you have been uh, browsing, not just what you bought, but also what you looked at without mm -hmm. buying it. So um, information about uh, stuff like that will probably be stored um, in the backend uh, database somewhere as well. Okay, and that, that tends to be more kind of unstructured uh, types of things um, than, than sort of structured types of things where you're going to see that data dumped into uh, typically what are going to be these larger Hadoop farms or big data farms to do that, that analytic or reasoning over a bunch of those actions, correct? Yeah, so it can definitely be unstructured, um, but it can also be structured. So it, it all depends on how you create your application and how you want to store your, your data. So if you create your application to only store data in a specific way, it's called structured, but it can still be um, viewed and, and um, kind of dissected by a Hadoop cluster or maybe even uh, do some real-time analytics using uh, tools like Gemfire, for instance. Okay, Spark and other things that are that are kind of coming to the market. Exactly. Now, now, what about when we have, you know, uh, big applications that I don't want to say big applications, but scaled applications? You know, how do things like, um, you know, CDNs and these caching systems and other places where, um, you know, your interaction with the application sometimes isn't, you know heavily with the server anymore it's on cache data or distributed data where does how does state kind of play a role with with all that so cdn systems they usually serve up the static content but as soon as you introduce a stateful application you will have some sort of dynamic content and that dynamic content is still usually being served up by the web servers because they have to respond to a login request, for instance. That's not done by the CDN because they have no idea what your login credentials are. Okay. So that will still be handled by the server, and then you will be served up information. Okay. Um, that information uh, might be a video, uh, might be um, a shopping cart, um, including some... Uh, some images of the items that you have, those images and that video will still be um, transported by the CDN, but the underlying state of your um, of your login user essentially is still being um, done by the server in the back end. Okay. Yeah, and the, and the, the way I always try and explain this to people, uh, because in essence when you start thinking about these distributed decomposed applications where you may be dealing with a lack of state in some instances and, and stateful in other instances is, you know, you're not dealing with kind of the traditional traffic flows that maybe you used to think of, which were very north and south. 
And the thing I always tell people, and, and this works better on some browsers than others, is you know go to one of these sites that, that you go to frequently and watch at the bottom of your browser all the different sort of transactions that are going on yeah. to, to build that. And you'll see things like you know the, the main domain that you go to, but you also see a bunch of CDN uh, you know interactions that are going on, maybe some things around ads, some other stuff. And, and it gives you a sense of like all the different things that come together in these more modern applications that actually give you that rendering in your UI that you go, oh, okay, now I'm going to do the next thing that I'm doing with this application. That, that's a really good uh, suggestion because it, it's a lot of fun to see how all the pieces are put together to kind of uh, create this complete view that you have when you go to a specific website. Um, there are a bunch of different uh, web browser plugins as well that can show you exactly where everything has come from. Uh, and that's a lot of fun as well to to watch when you're loading your favorite website. So I, I totally agree with that one. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, listen, man, uh, you know, like we've always said, we're going to try and keep these short. Hopefully this gives folks a, a basic understanding of kind of stateful versus stateless. We'll put some links in the show notes to some some ways you guys can see some things as well as some, some good architectural overviews because sometimes it's helpful to see visuals. But Jonas, thanks, and uh, we'll see you folks all in the next podcast. <laughs>